0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Journey to Developer podcast. Today we have Miss Cosette White out of California, and her company and what we're going to be showcasing today is called My Financial Home. She is a certified public accountant, correct? So make sure I say that (laughs) that. right. Cosette is a CPA, we'll just say, and tax and wealth strategist out of California.
1: Welcome to our podcast today. Thank you so much. I am excited to be here. Really excited. Talk about some real estate, talk about some money, talk about a whole lot of things. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. So first of all, behind the scenes, we were talking about all of the in
0: common things we have. We share the same last name. Yes. For now. Look for now because we're both getting married and then come to find out we're sharing a wedding date as well. Yes. I just thought that was really interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> awesome.
1: Yes. So congratulations.
0: God, thank you. Same to you. Thank you. And we're not going to tell people what the wedding date is, but congratulations. And I pray that you have just a wonderful and blessed marriage. Same for you. Yes. That communication. So yes. Absolutely. So, yeah, Cosette and I uh, got connected on Instagram some time ago and it was regarding something totally separate. And I was like, you know what? She has to come on my podcast. One, I do love the name of your, your company. It's called My Financial Home. Can you tell us more about your company and what it
1: does? Absolutely. So My Financial Home, we are a financial firm specializing in taxation, accounting, as well as other business services. We currently um, service clients in about 48 states. We um, are in the nine, co- eight countries. Excuse me. We just picked up a new country this week in Moscow. And I like to explain about the countries because a lot of folks ask me, how do we actually service clients in other countries? When you think about it, they have a U.S. presence over here. So they're still responsible for accounting. They're also responsible for filing their taxes. So that's how we're able to represent our clients in other countries. But my financial home, it started, I've been in business for 20 years, you all. So this year I'm actually celebrating my 20th year in business. But when we were preparing for the show, I was asked the question of where did the name come from my financial home? And when we think about our finances, we think about the foundation. We think about setting the foundation first at home before we can venture out and do some investing and start our businesses. So when I was putting the business together, we thought, hey, finance, it's got to start in the home. you got to learn Uh, how to handle your personal finances before you can venture out. So it has nothing to do with the real estate side, but it's just coincidental that you and I are together. You're in real estate and I'm over here in finance and it seems like it goes together, but um, two separate, two separate things, finances, although finances, you must know how to save, you must know how to invest or know something about investing in order to tap into your industry, whether that be purchasing your first home or whether that be some commercial property or whether that be just investment property in itself. So all in all, money. (laughs) Exactly. And I agree a thousand percent.
0: And what I will say, I think a lot of investors, especially from our communities, we're just looking for, and, and I could say myself also, we're looking for Awaiting to get into real estate we're not really prepared but we're like all right i saw somebody else get started with no money down <laughs> i know i can get it done but once you start accumulating money and making money in this business i say right after your first check you need to be focused on getting first of all learning about money and that's something you could do before you start earning it but learning about money uh, learning about tax strategies as we're going to discuss shortly and also just learning in building up a financial plan, as you just stated, knowing how much money you're bringing in, knowing how to budget your money to make sure you can keep your money, right, and learning, of course, how to invest your money. So I think that your company is definitely needed, (laughs) is essential, especially to build Black wealth. I mean, that has been the topic all 2020, 2021. And I think we're making some legway. We're getting, like, everybody's getting the point of how to build Black wealth, especially in our communities, and
1: not so much on saving, but investing, okay? So when we think about our money, it starts with our mindset. And a lot of the setbacks, so to speak, that we see in our communities is lack of education, lack of financial literacy, lack of being, I'm not going to say lack, but self-sabotage and negative conversations that we have with ourselves. You know, a lot of times when I, I I know when I was growing up, I was exposed to debt. I was exposed to family members swiping credit cards. And at a young age, I was not knowledgeable that they had to pay for that. So unfortunately we are a product of our environment. And so we do what we see. And so as a young child growing up, that's all I saw were my aunts shopping and using credit cards. But I was unknowledgeable of the fact that they had to pay for those bills at some point in time. So my firsthand experience with finances, with money, was venturing off to college and being exposed to credit cards. So I found myself in debt at an early age and I had to crawl myself out of it. And I always tell people, At the ripe age of 20 years old, I had three credit cards and they all had $10,000 limits. Uh, So guess what? I ended up probably, it's not a probably, I ended up spending money on all of those cards. And I seriously recall, I had an American Express card and I remember calling myself going shopping for Christmas And I swiped that American Express card. And can you imagine what happened? The young lady on the other end said, ma'am, we have a code that we need to keep your card. So they took my card. Yes, because I was spending. But I didn't have a job at the time. So I was just in college spending, spending, spending. Why? Because that is what I saw happening as a young adult. And I was not aware of the fact that They needed to pay bills. Now, at the time, yes, I knew once I got that card that I had to pay the bill, but that's not where my mindset was. And so when we think about financial literacy, when we think about investing, when we think about investing in rental property, even our primary residents, sometimes we, our communities, we have a hard time because of situations that I just shared with you, my story. My story prevented me from getting a home earlier on. And I say earlier on, you all, because even though I had the problem, I still was in a position to purchase my very first home at the age of 27. Awesome. So we don't find too many of us being in that position mm-hmm. to purchase a home at 27. So I I did get myself in some financial trouble, but I crawled myself out. And of course... I had a husband with good credit and mine was terrible. So that helped. Right. Well, kudos to you. That's amazing. And now
0: from from your story, from your lessons, you're able to pour back into others and show them through experience what not to do. <laughs> so yes, I think yes. that's the blessing in the story itself. And I don't know how many times I've discussed it on the show, but I probably was in like... Thirty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt, and not so much. Well, and those cards wasn't even maxed out all the way, but I was still yeah. in debt. And then I owed student loans, of course. And then I wind up settling because I didn't pay it, <laughs> pay it back. But that's that's a credit topic. But bottom line is, yes, I wasn't really taught about how to, what money is, credit cards, any of those things. I was just winging it as I was going along, and I didn't really have examples of wealth in right. my family. I think one person owned a house in my whole entire family. That was my grandfather. He was a well-paid union rep, but he didn't really sit down with me and talk to me about money my dad. He was actually a real estate investor,
1: but he Mm -hmm. didn't raise
0: me. He wasn't really involved in my upbringing. So he didn't teach me about money or wealth or real estate. So it's a blessing that I'm actually in this business now. Yeah, (laughs) And I can also, you know, pour back into my community, but Through our mistakes or our lessons, we're able to learn and share and just pour back into our communities. I have so many lessons from COVID, from 2020, even from 2019 that has affected, that affected my 2020. Now that's rolling over to 2021 and I'll probably be sharing it very soon on the podcast, but that's the blessing of the journey. So I'm sure you don't have no regrets and it motivated you to start your company, I'm sure, right?
1: Well, let me just share with you guys how my company actually started. I was an accounting major in college, and I was working and going to school at the same time. And the very first job that I had, I walked over to my grandmother and asked her if she would assist me in doing my very first tax return. And her exact words were, baby, I need for you to go upstairs, get yourself a pen and a paper, and we're going to do this tax return together. So we did the return. Of course I got a refund and I went back to school and I was telling all of my sorority sisters and whatnot. And so it just became a thing of the past, like, ah, cause that can help us. And so when I graduated, of course I had my nine to five and I knew right then and there that I did not want to continuously get up, go to work and do what other people do, get stuck at a job behind a desk. Right. However. Here we are some years forward. I stayed in corporate America, you all, for 20 years. But at the same time, I had what I used to call, and I said I used to call it my side hustle. I used to say it was a business, but it truly I cre- I treated it as a side hustle until I got to a point in corporate America where I said, this is it. I'm hanging it up. I'm leaving. I need to go and do something for small business owners. You see. In corporate America, I can tell you guys, I was, in, I was not in purchasing, but I was over purchasing. I was over contracts. Of course, I was over the accounting department. I had HR as a dotted line to me. So I had experience with the various departments in the organization. So I was like, why can't I start my own business? I know what to do. And why can't I take those same things that I learned in corporate America and help other small business owners, you know, why not? You're a small business owner. You're in real estate. I mean, Mm -hmm. think about it for a second. You just shared your story that you have money. You had a, we all have a money story. You guys, your money story was you spent money. You, you, you did things that, you regret it then, but it's a lesson learned. Let's put it like that. Yes. And sometimes our money stories, whatever it is that's preventing us from moving forward, has a, it has a direct impact on us. So when you said a lot of people want to come into the real estate industry, however, they don't have the resources, the finances to start is because we all have a money story and somehow Somehow we have to just overcome our money stories. And until we come to reality of what's preventing us, what's stopping us from moving forward, then certain things will continue to hinder us.
0: I, I totally agree. I think it's more of one poverty mindset. And secondly, a emotional spending or emotional consumer mindset. Like we're the target, specifically corporations, when they're targeting their marketing, they're targeting for us. Like, They know that we're the, like, we're the consumers. This is why you see hip hop in all of, in everything now, because one, that's our niche. They know to put a rapper in it. They know who to allow to endorse a a product for us to, you know, say, oh, you know what? We're going to go buy that now. So, you know, we have to stop being suckered into the trap (laughs) of these major corporations. We need to spend less, save invest more spend less instead of buying chanel and gucci and giuseppe and all of these brands you can go put down on a house or or an investment property and you can make that money back in one year depending on how good you're at it you know so i think now that the rappers the the original influencers are now speaking about investing in real estate whether they taking drug money or not they're talking about (laughs) investing it in real estate right So I think now everybody's so woke and they're excited. And and now they're like, wow, I didn't know that you can wholesale a property. I didn't know that the government will give you down payment assistance or, you know, anything. Like literally, I got started when I had zero dollars in the bank with a two-year-old. Well, I got my first check when my daughter was two, but I actually started in the business when she was about a little, probably six months old, years old like on the investment side of things. So with that being said, it took me a a while to get to my first investment check, but I got started, you know? I had to educate myself. I had to develop good and better spending habits. Even now that I'm a little bit more financially stable than before, I still have to develop spending habits. Even when it comes down to eating out every night and, you know, buying $300 hairdos or whatever the case may be, you have to know where you're spending your money and Spend it wisely, but I think we, like I said, we have to get out of
1: the consumer mindset.
0: Yes. Um,
1: Yeah, that's just gotta remember, like what we think about, we bring about, and we have to also take personal accountability for the money that we spend. You know, if we are on a journey to be debt free, if we are on a journey to purchase a home, if we are on a journey to save, then we have to consciously make an effort to say. Is it a want or is it a need? Do I need the red bottoms or do I want the red bottoms? Do I want the Fendi or do I need the Fendi? Do I want the Gucci or do I need the Gucci? Right. Can I afford the Gucci is what we need to be asking ourselves. Like, what can I do with the funds that I'm going to take and buy on something that's quote unquote materialistic? Mm Mm-hmm. Can I cash in on this as an asset to put as a down payment on some investment property, on my primary property? Exactly. No. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) no. The answer is simply no. So if we anticipate investing, if we anticipate leaving a legacy, if we anticipate creating wealth, then we ourselves, have to change the way we think about money, we feel about money, and everything else as it relates to money. And it's all right up here. It's all oh, up here. It's a mindset. It is. It is clearly a mindset. I mean, because wealth is wealth is there for us, y'all, you guys. Exactly. So the true. money is there. It's about cre- creating what you have available to you. It's your birthright. So it's a it's there. It's waiting for you to come take it. Right. And I think a lot that
0: that's the problem. I think a lot of people don't understand that wealth is our birthright. And I think based on what I, I saw on your Instagram was that you are a Christian, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah. just in, in this podcast, I probably didn't explain it to you, but this podcast was created by inspiration from God. So it's Journey to Develop Her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I am a real estate developer, but While I was becoming a real estate developer, before I got to this moment, God had to truly rebuild me, redevelop me in the process. And that involves learning, reading the Bible, learning who he is, learning who Jesus is. And that's, those are some of the principles that is discussed in the Bible, knowing your birthright, knowing your, your inheritance. But some people just don't know it, or some people may not even be believers. So. I would I would ask you do you consider yourself a kingdom entrepreneur?
1: I would say most definitely and I think as you think about kingdom entrepreneur and you think about business and spirituality, I think that it's safe for us to introduce spirituality into our businesses. You know, for so many years we as individuals feared if we were to bring the kingdom or if we were to bring spirituality whatever you all may you know practice if we brought that into our organization then it would be taboo or we would be looked upon differently but god is our savior god is who we who we lean to who we pray to who we ask for help who we ask to help us get to these homes to get to the level of reaching a million dollar and beyond, to right. help us leave a legacy, so why would we exclude him from our organization? Right. Well, I don't do that, but <laughs> I just think
0: it's it goes back to just not. I mean, I'm 32. It took me most of my life just to get in the space where I even find the Bible to be into Jesus. So I've been to like four. Maybe, well, no, maybe two years ago, let's just say, I started really having a thirst to know mm-hmm. who God is. It and, I, and, I, and it's not that I, I know there was a God. I know there was a man named Jesus who died mm-hmm. for my sins, but I didn't know God or Jesus or Holy Spirit. <laughs> I didn't know any of those things. Right. And it didn't matter how many times I was in a church or if I was baptized in the church, I didn't have a relationship. But. Now that I am, and I do consider myself a kingdom entrepreneur, and I do read the book, like that is the, the book of life. There's so much wisdom in that book, even when it comes to money, wealth, business. They mm-hmm. even say in the Bible, you know, don't borrow money that you know you can't pay back. I was like, oh, I didn't know this was in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just pe- people knowing those small principles will probably help people not go into debt, right? Who knows? Right,
1: right. But,
0: you know, we have to through audiences or platforms like this even on your platform also educate through biblical standards how it relates to money how it relates to their business real estate or whatever so i think that now that you know once i learned that i'm like wow this is my responsibility to make sure other people know it is you know this is what the bible
1: says it is And and while we're on that just to make mention to anyone My first, my very first book, Attracting the Best, is all about wealth, prosperity, and abundance. It's 30 days of money affirmations. And in those affirmations, I talk about some of them from a biblical standpoint. So when we talk about kingdom, when we talk about spirituality, when we talk about embedding our father into our organization, our business, our creator, the creator, a great book. It's an easy book, but you know. If you are one that's struggling with your finances, uh-huh. you know affirmations. It's about attracting the law of attracting, attracting in our space what we want. You know, so just as you were talking about verses and God and her, kingdom, just made me. Think Let me just share with the book with you all: attracting the best, which is thirty-one days of money affirmations, wealth prosperity and abundance from a biblical standpoint
0: awesome so we definitely have to check it out now is it law of attraction or is it bible because you know there's a difference i just got to ask that
1: the question book it's, the book in itself what? is not the law of attraction okay the book okay itself, yes no
0: okay. i have to make sure so i don't have people girl you was talking about law of attraction because no. No. we had conversations on this in the past we're gonna go there today i just had to ask for my sake and everybody else's sake that will ask me but no, i'm gonna definitely go check it out i love supporting other authors and people that know how to talk about both business and you know using the, the bible to explain wealth and abundance right. and prosperity like you just mentioned so we definitely have to go check it out but i do want to also talk about and i don't have your bio in front of me but <laughs> i saw that you had tons and tons of accomplishments up there so kudos to you <laughs> Thank I did you. see something about a Barack Obama in your bio. Yes. You talk, talk about how that even came about and why and how you were awarded by Barack Obama.
1: Absolutely. So I was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award by President Barack Obama. And I got the award just as he was leaving office. And the award in itself is based upon community services. And so, number one, I am the executive director of a nonprofit organization where we grant scholarships to our children. And when I say our, I'm talking about our African-American children. Although we don't limit it to that, but that's who we focus on. And it's to children heading off to an accredited university, majoring in science, technology, accounting, engineering, and mathematics. So most of, when we talk about the award itself, it was based on community services, giving back to the community. I here in my community give back in a number of different ways, whether it be church, whether it be with the organizations that I belong to. But I truly, truly, I've always been a giver and always been one to just give back to those that need. So that's how I, and, and I have to share this with you guys. That's because when I got the letter. I, I was like, this is not a real letter. This is not and so I procrastinated and procrastinated and, and it had a date that we had to RSVP by. And so the date actually came and I had not RSVP'd and the organization called and said, are you going to respond to the letter? And I said, well, I didn't, I I just thought it was, you know, something not real. And they're like, no, this is a real letter. So anyway, I always laugh about that after the fact, but it was, it was truly an honor as he was leaving office, you know, our first, uh, black African-American president. It was just an honor. I mean, I was like, wow, this is like, (laughs) none of my guests
0: ever could ever say that. So that's amazing. That is so amazing. And I want to say thank you for, you know, having that community service scholarship program. Is yes. that only for uh students in California or is it nationwide? No, it is for
1: students anywhere in the US. I'm about to tell my little sister. Yes, yes. just as long as it's for 12th graders majoring, like I said, in science, technology, engineering, math, and in, I think I left something out, but STEAM is what it's okay, for. okay, okay. And just as long as they're heading off to an accredited four-year university. Okay. That's, that's the only, those are the qualifications and a 2.8 GPA. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: That's fair. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. I actually have a nonprofit as well. well. I have two now. Journey to Developer is actually going to be a nonprofit. We'll be focusing on bringing investment trainings, mm-hmm. free investment trainings, to our people. And I already started doing it at the level I wanted to do it at. But now mm-hmm. it's like, all right, you're already doing it for free to a certain degree. So yes. now It's time to make sure more people can access it. Of yes. course, one-on-one coaching you have to pay for, but just basic, you know, master classes. We'll be having these services provided to individuals now. So I always get Deontay, who do you use for CPA or for tax services, especially from new investors who don't, who wait two years to pay their taxes. And now they owe like 20 grand, which is a good thing. That means they made money as a real estate entrepreneur or an entrepreneur in general. How important is
1: is it to do and keep up with your bookkeeping? Let's talk about that. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. So as we know, cash is king. As we also know, we need to have our finger on the on the pulse at all times so that we know where we are with our organization, with our finances, if we are seeing a profit or if we are leaving money on the table somewhere. Okay. So it is critical that we start out with, I say, the two people that you need on your team. You need a CPA and you need a CPA, a banker, as well as an attorney on your team. I don't care if you are brand new, just starting, you have no idea where you're driving. And remember, in order to grow, we must know where we're going. It's like a navigation. In order to get to point A to point B, there needs to be a system, a navigation system that's going to get you there. The same thing with your, with your business. You need to have a budget. You need to know where your money is going, how to plan for your budget. You need to account for all the peaks, the valleys, and everything. If you have a team, whether they are independent contractors or employees, you need to have an indication of how much am I paying them every week, biweekly, whatever the case may be. You need to uh, factor in payroll taxes. There's so many things you need to be looking at as business owners when you start. Now, hear me clearly. I am not saying go break the bank. If you are new and you finances is not for you, you know that they're not for you. Right. I encourage you, see about hiring someone. If that is not feasible, look into QuickBooks or some other accounting software that you can use to track your inflow of money and your outflow of money. Because every single quarter and every single year, there will be reports that you will need to take care of. And you, you, wanna, you just want to know where you're at. You want to know where you're at. So it's important to have a bookkeeper. It's important to read your numbers and know where you are every single month. It doesn't matter, you all, if you're in real estate, you flip homes, or if you are a typical traditional business owner, you still need to be looking at a profit and loss statement. point I'm trying to make, Mm -hmm. my investment property, when I went to refinance, the guy asked me, well, do you have a profit and loss statement for your investment property? And I don't, cause I, it's not like I have 10 properties, but I know right. the money that comes in. I know the money that goes out is all in one account for the properties, mm-hmm. but he stated in order for us to do this transaction, I will need a profit and loss statement from you. So I was able to create the profit and loss statement because I know what I'm doing, but Where I'm going with this and the point that I want to drive home is it doesn't matter what size your organization is, you need to ensure that you're looking at your numbers monthly, weekly, or however frequently you feel you need to. Okay. I agree. I agree. Daily
0: if you have to. Daily. (laughs) Every other day, whatever. But I agree.
1: I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I have a, a routine. I before I do anything, I typically log on. I log onto the bank, I log onto my merchant account, I see what my balance is in the checking account, I see what income may have come into the merchant account overnight, and I you know, do some trans- transferring, et cetera, because I need to know where I stand. I need to know who I can pay, what bills I can send out the door. I need to also look at my AR aging to determine who has paid me, who's behind, et cetera. Right, and for those who
0: don't know, Adjusted gross income is what she Mm -hmm. means by AGI. So you, I'm assuming since you're a CPA, Mm -hmm. do you consider someone that's looking to start a business? Should they start as an LLC filing or S Corp
1: or a C Corp filing? Okay. Well, tell us,
0: you know, your opinion.
1: Yes. If you're brand new in the business, I definitely would not necessarily say, you need to be an S corp or a C corp. There are pros and cons to everything. Number one, if you come in, I'm, I'm not gonna tell you to stay as a sole proprietor. There's that you're just looked at as an individual, a typical personal tax return. You do do a schedule C, but I would not tell you to stay as a sole proprietor. I would say first, consider a limited liability corporation. If you decide that you want to come in as an S corp, you have to remember, you have to pay yourself payroll and the purpose of that. And I was asked this question yesterday by a client. Why? Cause someone else set her up. What's the need? What's the reasoning behind setting yourself up as an S corp versus a limited liability corporation. The main purpose that you're going to hear preach to you is a reduction in payroll taxes. As a limited liability, you're paying self-employment taxes as a corporation. So when you set yourself up as a limited liability corporation, you're paying self-employment taxes. If you set yourself up as an Mm S-corp, you are actually paying yourself, meaning along the way, you are already paying self-employment taxes, you're paying employer taxes, and so you're saving in the long run. Right. The reason why I would not say set yourself up as an S corp originally, because you don't know what your proce your gross revenue is going to be, your net revenue, yeah. and I definitely would not say jump into the business as a C corp unless you just have some strong backing. You know, this needs to be a C corp based on what you are doing. Yeah, okay. I'm
0: not even at C corp level, so
1: <laughs> yeah. And
0: I, I had to think about it. Like I, I think I was actually on clubhouse one day and I'm like these guys were talking about C cor- corps I'm like that's how you know they're making millions of dollars a year they care <laughs> and they like we need to be in a c-corp especially in California you know it must you must have to get to a certain level to get to the c-corp level what I've even told individuals in my free academy and we'll probably have you on next time so they can just start <laughs> going to you right instead of me telling them to do but I'm like you know I would say anything under 50 to $60,000 could stay in the S-Corp. LLC for the first year. But yeah. like, of course, you still have the option to go switch it over to S Corp by the end of that tax period. But I'm like coming out starting as a new brand new company, you're not, you don't even know if you're gonna make money. So it doesn't make Correct. sense. Correct.
1: Correct. To- and you need to take in the success rate, the failure rate of how many businesses succeed and how many businesses fail. Their Mm -hmm. first year, their first five years in business. So, yeah, C-Corp is not even anything that I would remotely even recommend to someone unless, you know, it depends on the industry as well, that they're coming in and going to be overseeing and running. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you about what has changed with the IRS when it comes to like COVID and maybe business owners taking a hardship or. I don't know, maybe there, I heard a couple of things. I'm gonna let you, if, okay. if there's anything that I need to know, let me know.
1: <laughs> what truly has happened, of course, we see the government and the con- we see Congress mm-hmm. is passing new laws ongoing. And so that has a direct impact on the government. When we talk about the IRS, what I have seen is a slow delay in processing returns, processing <laughs> refunds, issuing refunds. Even changing the address is like a whole so like, so two month process. I
0: just,
1: I just started yeah. a whole new LLC for one, for one situation. Cause I couldn't wait. So <sighs> just so you know, and you might want to, you said you started a new one. So oh. yeah. So I needed to change a business address and that was
0: just a headache. So I just started a whole new company because by the time I would have waited the six weeks, I was like, I could just start a new company and do it the way I needed to do, but. On the radio, and I don't, I don't really listen to the radio as much. There was some type of COVID relief for (laughs) individuals that were behind on taxes, and I don't
1: know. Is is that true? Um, keep in mind, it it is. I'm not gonna say it's not true. Okay, it's called offer and compromise, first time uh, penalty abatement, things like that. Yes, you can apply for an offer and compromise. But you need to ensure that you have the finances to apply for the offer and compromise. You need to also ensure that whatever you present to them, that you fall within the income level thresholds that they have for income and expenses.
0: Okay. Otherwise,
1: you you could get declined.
0: Got it. And I know everybody wants to also know, as a CPA, what are some tax wealth strategies you can recommend for not just a real estate entrepreneur, but
1: just a regular small business entrepreneur, anyone that has a business? All what right. First of all, I think we need to ensure that if we have payroll, and we are a solo individual that we implement a 401k plan. The reason why I say implement the 401k program is because that's, and, and this is if you are an escort. Okay. Number one, you're paying yourself. So you're going to pay less on taxes on the back end when you go to do your taxes. Okay. Just implement some things that you know will help the organization. Okay. And I know that sounds very generic, but it can be it could be a gamut of things, you all. You know, even if you are a small business owner, Mm -hmm. there are a number of days that you can go and rent your place out. To individuals and still cut a check to yourself and have that as a tax write-off.
0: Okay. Now, Are you aware of that? Yes, we actually had. Well, we didn't air it yet. I want this is why I wanted you on here first. We actually had a guy on here that mm-hmm. came before you, but mm-hmm. we were talking about cost segregation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I shouldn't have had you on here yet because we didn't even get to the tax part, the regular CPA part. But we talked about that. And I know there's a lot of websites specifically that you could put your property on like Pairspace.com, And of course, Airbnb, and you can basically, a lot pay, of
1: places.
0: yeah, you, could, you know, make money off of your space. And which bring me to the next point that I've seen personally as a realtor, as an investor, as a developer, all the things that I'm into in real estate, I have people, agents. Clients that come to me, oh, I want to buy a house, a 1099 self-employed person or independent contractor. Right. However, yeah. it shows that my AGI is only $15,000. Mind you, these people made like 150000 but they're like writing off everything. Oh, yeah. That's and not... that.
1: And that's, that's one thing when you talk about tax planning, yeah, we want to show as little as possible, but we can't always show as little as possible you all because it's going to have an impact us on us when we go to finance. Mm-hmm. if you're constantly making two hundred thousand, but you're only paying taxes on fifteen, then when you go to buy a home, you're not going to qualify right so what do you recommend
0: for those who are trying to save money on not paying Uncle Sam a bunch of money back? what do you recommend to them? As they're earning the money, should they be saving, what, 20 to 30%? How can they actually prepare for the
1: tax payment that they will? Well, first of all, we need to pay ourselves first. Right. We need to pay ourselves first. Then once we pay ourselves, then we need to have other buckets so that we are allocating our funds. We need to have a bucket for our operation expenses. We need to have a bucket to pay ourselves. We need to have a bucket to pay taxes.
0: Now, it doesn't
1: matter if you you know, the quarter, the month, you have a profit, you have a loss, you still should be putting something away to pay Uncle Sam. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a huge tax liability on the back end. Right. Or some type of surprise and you're going to be like, I didn't know I made that much. Yeah. So how much do you recommend? Like 20%? I wouldn't do any more than 20%. Okay.
0: Yeah. Good, good, good. Mm -hmm. And do you help your
1: clients set up LLCs and S-Corps as well I do okay. yeah we do business formation we do all formations we we don't do as many DBAs and I don't really see too many DBAs around these days but that's just one thing that we kind of shy away from right maybe the demand isn't even there we do a lot of LLCs well I'm
0: I'm glad to hear that you don't see that <laughs>
1: yeah no. I think a lot
0: of people I mean at least from what I saw in 2020 There were so many businesses, at least on my end, that Mm -hmm. were not set up correctly, and they couldn't take advantage of the grants, the loans, whatever. Even when it comes to real estate, if if you're not even set up properly or going to the proper person to do your taxes, that disqualifies you from a lot of grants from these uh, community development financial institutions. Really? Really? Yeah, and getting some SBA loans. Even if you're like, if you're an actual developer and you need to get a surety bond, you have to go to a CPA. They have mm-hmm. to do your profit and loss. It has to be a certified profit and loss. Mm-hmm. Also, when it comes to becoming MWBE, which mm-hmm. is Minority Women Business Enterprise certi- mm-hmm. certified or certification, even yeah. to get that certification, you have to show that your taxes were done by a CPA and everything has to be certified. So, guys, I'm just sharing the the reasons why you do want to go hire a, someone like Cosette, because if you're doing it on TurboTax, if you
1: go into h and Block, they—they're going to say they're going to reject you. <laughs> if you're doing it yourself, you're going to come to me and say, "I'm being audited. I did my return. I had somebody right. call me last month and say that I sent her. A rep- she asked me to provide her with a proposal on right. what it would take to represent her. Didn't oh, hear wow. from her. So just pay for a professional, you all. And when you go to these professionals, ask them. Do you have audit protection plan?
0: Yep. I agree. Now, I'm one that you to. I mean, so just some more background on me because you like, girl, you did a lot in your small, short life. <laughs> but I used to be a paralegal. I was a real mm-hmm. estate probate paralegal, and I actually did the taxes and the accounting for dead people or individuals that were going through probate. So I do have an accounting and tax background. Now, that actually stemmed oh, from perfect. me doing my... <laughs> Now, one of my best friends, she's actually, I think she's studying for her CPA test. With that being said, I was that college student that learned how to do taxes on TurboTax. My mom mm-hmm. at H&R Block, but I just was like, you know, I could do this on my own. And I just, you couldn't tell me I was, and I never got audited. That's a blessing, never got audited. No, no I mean,
1: it's not. A, it's, but
0: now that I'm a, a more of a professional and I'm trying to go places and get certifications, in the past, and I might have to come see you for something for, for for 2020 Texas. They will stop you in your tracks and tell you you can't get this certification with the federal government, especially if you're going after, like, government contracts. Yeah. They don't play games.
1: <laughs> so
0: if you want to get hired by the federal government to do anything, you need to be going to someone like a COZAT ASAP and getting yeah. yourself together.
1: And a lot of people have. A lot of people are um, coming doing three years tax returns. I don't know where how they got away with it, but three years worth of tax returns. Girl, you'd be surprised. No, mm-hmm. I, I,
0: that's not surprising to me. That's
1: not, that's, that's, that,
0: I mean, I don't know how they're getting away with it either, but either way, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. well, thanks for coming on here. I'm not going to hold you up. Yes. You're like a new friend to the show. We're like folk. <laughs> Yes, I Co- appreciate this. Yeah, Cosette actually is one of the reasons behind me being in the Sheen magazine article that I have to publicize more. But <laughs> it was it turned out to be a great article. So thank you for facing me and what I'm building over here. So I do appreciate okay. that. And then, then hopefully very soon um I'm probably gonna relaunch the Journey to Developer Academy. Mm-hmm. I have 80 mm-hmm. people there now. We never had a CPA come. So whenever you get some downtime.
1: Well, hopefully they no don't me. do extensions, but we know that they probably will. So that's what yes. I'm gonna say. Yeah. So you're probably gonna be busy until July. Yes. <laughs>
0: Let's um, hope not. Yeah, yeah, I hope not. But I'm glad your business is booming. You do yes. have an essential business. So
1: yes, it's, no matter what it's, happens, it's doing well. You're, nope. you're
0: able, yep. And you know. Congrats on your nuptials. And again, thank you for coming on here. We're gonna definitely be in touch. I'm probably gonna hire you to do my 2020 taxes because okay. it's gonna be a whole mess. <laughs> so I'm just warning you now. All right. There's a lot that happen. All right. Well, God bless you and we will talk very soon.
1: righty. thank you so much. I appreciate this oh, opportunity. One more
0: thing, tell everyone how they can keep in contact with you.
1: Absolutely, guys and girls, women. You all can follow me on all social media outlets. I'm at Cozette M. White, and you can also follow me on YouTube, but I'm under Dr. Cozette M. White on YouTube. I do hang out on the new platform, Clubhouse, so you can also check me there out there. And for anyone who's watching this and you're on the West Coast, you're in California, you can definitely catch me every single Wednesday on Fox 40, which is in Sacramento, talking about everything money. It was an honor speaking with you and we'll be in touch. God bless. Thank you. I appreciate it. Blessings to all of
0: you.